Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It's this week's Beyond the Baseline Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. We have some audio post-US Open with Stan Wawrinka that we're going to share next week. But this week we have a special guest. He is not a pro tennis player, but he is a pro athlete and a prominent one at that. Dirk Nowitzki is going to join us. Dirk is a big tennis fan, big tennis channel watcher. He is hosting a pro celebrity tennis event in Dallas at SMU this Sunday, September 18th. We will have links on the website for how you can buy tickets and learn more about it. Andy Roddick's going to be there. John Isner's going to be there. Benny Becker, German player, Mark Knowles, J.J. Berea, and even Harrison Barnes, his new teammate. Um, but Dirk spent some time with us. He just got done watching the U.S. Open, and uh, this guy really knows his tennis. So uh, without further ado, this is our second NBA guest this summer after uh, Jason Collins was on a week ago. This is an active NBA player, though. Dirk Nowitzki, thanks for joining us. You're from a real tennis hotbed. These are uh, these are good times for German tennis right now. I know. I mean, we used to uh, dominate with Steffi and Boris and Stick. Those were my times uh, growing up watching. But uh, we're definitely doing well now. The the boys could do a little better, but uh, you know, Sparif is hopefully on the rise for us. And you have the number one ranked female player which I don't think we've been able to say since uh, the 90s. I know. Unbelievable. Uh, she, is, uh, she is definitely doing us proud. Uh, just an just unbelievable fighter. Uh, she is quick to every ball. I mean, she's, she's been amazing. I think even she didn't dream of, of a career like that. I mean, a bunch of years ago, I think I, re- I just read recently uh, an interview in Germany where she said she was close to retiring and, her mom talked to her and said, hey, why don't you give it one more shot? And then she, she committed to it 100%. And then the last couple of years were just, uh, were just unbelievable. I mean, just winning, winning tournaments, winning big games. She's in better shape than she ever was. And it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch for sure. So I'm, I'm really happy for her. And she definitely well-deserved. She's had an amazing, 
year and uh, just topped it off now with, with number one and winning, uh, winning the Open. So it's, it's amazing. I, I, I just tell him someone, I said it's like Steve Nash, where she didn't necessarily come out of the gate uh, with the strongest rookie season or sophomore <laughs> season, but then they figured out what it took and uh, be, became an MVP. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, I think she kind of recommitted herself there uh, after things were not going too well. And, and like I said, she had that, that, that meeting with her mom, I guess. And, and then she kind of said, hey, I'm doing this 100% and I'm getting in the best shape I can get into. And then uh, we'll go from there. And, and you know, it's been, uh, it's been great ever since. So I'm, I'm happy for her. She's, she's worked very, very hard for it. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch the last few years. Where, where did your interest in tennis come from? Well, you know, I've been uh, I've been a huge tennis guy. Tennis was actually the first sport that I yeah, started right, playing. Right, right, right. So I started playing tennis probably when I was four or five. I mean, basically, that was the first thing uh, thing I did because my parents played a little bit, sort of like for fun, and you know, they socialized afterwards. You know, in Europe, you go to the club and you sit there all day. You you, know, you play a little bit, and you drink with your friends or whatever. And the kids, we we were just on the court the whole time, running around. So, I mean, every weekend we we spent time on on the tennis court, and uh, so that's that's how I started playing. And been uh, been a huge fan. Played uh, pretty, uh, actually, try to be uh, very professional about it till about about 15. I mean, I played tournaments. I was traveling around. I was training a few times a week. Uh, and you know, just just I don't know where where it would have gone, but. I was I was going for it, and then it, it just at 15 it was just too much, you know. I was playing basketball, I was playing handball, and I had to I had to make a decision there, you know, where where this is going. And I, uh, I picked basketball because I was tall, I liked it a little better, and it ended up being a decent decision for me. But I always stayed close to to the sport, always followed it. Um, I've been in Wimbledon three or four yeah, times right, now, right. Uh, just. Just been always a fan, and there's there's numerous nights where I just sit around and the kids are in bed and I just watch tennis channels, some random tournament in freaking Singapore. I'm I'm watching the first round. I mean, I just I love the love the game still, and uh, I try to follow it as much as I can. Favorite player right now? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I was, you know obviously all the Germans. I try to right. support and uh, always pulling for them and. Uh, love Federer, uh, but he's obviously now getting to uh, the phase where he's getting a little bit hurt and stuff. But I mean, how effortless he he plays! And I was fortunate enough to meet him a couple times. Uh, met him in Wimbledon for the first time one year. Then when I saw him in the Olympics uh, a couple years later in '08 in, in Beijing, uh, we talked a little bit. So um, you know, that's, I'm always pulling for him. The way he plays, the way he carries himself on and off the tennis court. I mean. I was always a fan of that, um, but I mean, there are so many great, fun players to watch. Loved, well, loved watching the final the other day with Wawrinka and Nole. Nole has been on an incredible run the last few years, and uh, I mean, it's it's tough. There are so uh, so many good players. You're, uh, I, I saw from your brochure, you you hit the one-handed backhand too. So here's here's my problem, right? So I played pretty good till I was about 15. I decent serve, good forehand. And I had a double-handed backhand, and then I was actually hitting it pretty well. This, this, well, I was actually when when the ball came short and I was moving in with my double-hander. That was like a winning point for sure. 
And so then when I quit, uh, I didn't play for a good almost 10 years, from like 15 to 25, I'd say. I, got a, I followed the sport still, but, you know, I was, I was doing the, the basketball thing completely serious and professional and training all the time. And, and then uh, so I, got a, uh, I didn't play for almost a good 10 years. And then once I got a little older, to my in-20s, I was like, man, this is such a fun sport. So I, I picked it up a little more. And the double hander was completely gone. It's like okay. it's like I've never played it before. It's really? so bizarre. So then I started just one one hand slicing it a bit just to stay in the point until the ball comes back to my forehand. Uh, and then the last two years I worked on it a little bit, so now I can actually topspin one hand backhand a little bit. But it's definitely not my strength. Like a good player would just serve to my backhand, the little <laughs> kick thing, and then I'm already in trouble. But uh, as long as I can get around to my forehand, I should be all right. So I'm thinking all you, Tommy Haas and Cole Schreiber, and, and of course, you know, Becker. I mean, we, we, we've got a nice track record of Germans hitting the one-hander, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tommy had a beautiful, beautiful. one-hander. I mean, no, I has. Love... He hasn't retired. Present tense. Yes. I mean, he still has. We'll, we'll see. But I already saw he's a, he's a tournament director now of Indian Wells, yeah, right, which is... Right, uh, right. Great, uh, great for him and happy for him. I, I met him actually. You know, Tommy and I are the same age, uh, so we actually, I saw him way back in Bavaria when when he was playing there when we were like twelve or thirteen, and then he obviously went to Bolicieri, left pretty early, and then uh, the rest is, uh, is history. But I mean, his game was always so fun to watch. Hits it so clean. Backhand is is awesome, and it's unfortunate that he had so many injuries in his career. I mean, he 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 obviously could have had an even better career if he would have stayed healthy and if the shoulder would have held up. I mean, he was uh, he's a beast. So you you have your inaugural tennis event is coming up next week. <laughs> I saw I saw Roddick playing and. Uh... Ben Stiller, yeah. that's a good, uh, <laughs> those are good headliners. But well, Boris Kojo is a good player too. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually really fired up. You know, I've done a lot of charity things in, in my career. I've played baseball even this summer. I had a soccer game in Germany, and and all those things are fun. But obviously, I'm not any good at. It. I mean, I didn't grow up playing baseball at all, so I'm so bad at it. But actually, this one is something I'm I'm decent at. So I'm looking forward to having some fun and uh, had some great support now from some of these guys and Isner's coming and, you know, Ben Stiller, because I knew he's a, he's a big tennis fan. I always see him at the U S open when I, when I watch TV. So I kind of, we kind of hit him up there and he said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And obviously I've I've watched Andy Roddick for a long, long time. So really, really excited for, uh, for the event. And, you know, uh, this is, uh, this is hopefully something that will be fun for, for everybody involved. And, so this is actually our first year doing it. Uh, so this Sunday at, at SMU here in Dallas, they got a beautiful new tennis facility, inside and outside. So uh, we're uh, we're I'm I'm fired up and um, can't can't wait to get going. It's great. Well, I, I was thinking I've seen NBA players have event, you know, golf tournaments and even a paintball tournament. I, I think I think it was the first tennis event. I love this. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We're excited too. You know, I always wanted to do another uh, thing with with my charity here. And with my foundation, and that uh, happened to be now that something that we wanted to do. And uh, I've actually we thought about it, uh, doing it for the last couple of years. But you know how it is. You're always busy in the summer, and you're working out. Next thing you know, the summer is already over. But this year, we we planned it in. We uh, we hit some of these guys up early, and 
So um, uh, we're ex- we're excited to to get this going. Unfortunately, the weather is not supposed to be great Saturday and Sunday, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll uh, hold see. up a little bit. You need a U.S. Open roof. We're gonna we're gonna post all the links to uh, to the event and to your charity. I also so uh, someone said you got uh, you got Harrison Barnes too. So that's a good good way to break in the new teammate. You know, Harrison Barnes, is, I asked him, I said, how can you play? I mean, you went to North Carolina. I'm sure there are some guys uh, playing some tennis. And he's like, yeah, I've actually played. So I recruited oh, nice. him in, and uh, he said he can, he can hold the ball decently. Uh, he, he said he's not great. And he's actually a little nervous. So uh, this <laughs> week we might, we might actually get to, get to hit a little bit before, before the, the big debut on Sunday. And then actually J.J. Barea is playing, who's a really he's good player, right? tennis player. His, uh, his mom used to be a tennis coach growing up in Puerto Rico. And so we hit, we hit uh, a lot of times already. He actually, he actually beat me one time in a set, uh, which I was not happy about. But he's, he's a decent little player, you know, running around and decent little backhand and forehand. So he should, he should be able to hold his own this weekend. You've got you to stroke the egos of these, of these little guards. Who's your uh, all right? Who's who's yeah. your top five? Who's five five best tennis players in the NBA? Uh, you know what's actually funny? I'm not sure you guys remember. The, uh, we I used to play with a guy named Chris Anstey. Uh, oh, yeah, that was uh, way yeah, back when I first got here. Yeah, he was yeah. an Australian guy, and you know I was at the, at the time I was whatever 19 or 20. I thought you know I can I can play. So this guy stands there and says, yeah, he's grown up in Australia. You know, I played with Mark Philippoussis, and I was number one in Australia. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? Like, I'm going to murder him, right? So then one day at, uh, at our old coach Nelly's house, he had, he had two rackets. So, so Anstey is like, uh, why don't you just come out, out uh, and we'll play a little bit. This guy beat me 6-0. I didn't even see the ball. I mean, he was amazing. So that's... That's probably the best oh, basketball tennis player I've, I've ever seen. I mean, he was incredible. I mean, the ball was, he was hitting it so hard and fast. It was, it was unbelievable. Since he's out of the league now, I'm not sure. Actually, I invited, like, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I saw him on in, NBA in TV hand. that uh, he was playing tennis in some interviews, so yeah. I invited him. Unfortunately, he couldn't come. And I heard David Lee is a really good player. Uh, I know that from Brad Gilbert, who's a... Uh, uh, who they're actually friends, and they used to play there uh, in the Bay Area a little bit at, uh, at Brad's court. I think Brad's got a little a clay court at home, and I think David used to go over there and they played a little bit. Uh, he's a decent lefty, I heard. But uh, and you know, David was here last year. We had him for the last few months, but we didn't we didn't get to hit. Uh, other than that, I'm not. Uh, you know, we have Monte Ellis here. Uh, he always said he was number. He was ranked almost number one in uh, in Mississippi in high school, uh, but I'm not sure. I, I, I've never seen him play. I can't, I can't say if that's true or not. But you, uh, so there's there's a few guys. You know, it's it's fun. You can play until you're old. It's good for the footwork. So I think even in the summer, it's uh, it's a nice little practice. You know, former uh, former number one draft pick who was an All American t- in tennis, John Lucas. Yes, I know that. Uh, and actually, I'm supposed to, his son is supposed to be actually pretty good, too. John Lucas oh, yeah, he, he uh, used to be Yeah, John used to be Roddick. They couldn't pull it off this weekend, but we, we wanted him to come as well. And uh, I, I, did, I did hear about that. I did hear that the dad was, was really, really good and uh, unfortunately didn't work out. When you play tennis, is, is this strictly enjoyment or do you learn things about yourself that you can translate to basketball? 
Well, now it's more enjoyment. I think back in the days, it was a lot more movement. And, you know, there, I even took some lessons, like, well, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something in the summer where where I was bored of going to the gym uh, and then I'd just play tennis for two hours where a guy was actually feeding me the ball right and left and I could run, do some cardio at the same time, work on some footwork. And But now it's just more for fun, you know, as I'm older now, uh, I'm just standing there, I'm trying to use my serve as a, as a heavy weapon so the, the point is as short as, the, as it gets. Uh, obviously, as I'm older and seven feet, uh, movement is not really a big part of my game anymore. So I'm... Uh, I would love to keep the point as short as uh, short as possible. So that's uh, that's my strategy on Sunday as well. You do that at, at at seven foot. You can you can bring it on the on the serve. If it's uh if, if it's four all, deuce. Guy hits a medium range lob. You you hitting that overhead in the court, or are you like me and it's hitting hitting the back fence? You, uh, uh, I'm a, I'm a big overhead guy. So uh, obviously every tall guy has a good angle on overheads and. I would I would take that uh, now if I'm if I'm in a game where I missed a couple earlier you kind of got a feel for it today might not be my day then I might let it bounce and see what's what's developing but uh, usually when I, when I was younger I try to take everything overhead as much as I could. You you were okay at closing matches though, or did, or did you get uh, did you get a little choky? <laughs> you know, closing matches you always start thinking you know as it's. You know, tennis just as much as basketball. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of mental sport. You know, how many things go through your head as as the game gets closer and towards the end and crunch time, as we say in basketball. And you know, the the stuff that goes through your mind, or even let's say there's a penalty shooter in soccer, and you have to walk all the way up from midfield to the to the penalty spot to take that last penalty. I mean, the stuff that goes through your head in, in sports is is incredible, but. You just try, you know, you try to focus. I mean, it sounds dumb, but you, you focus on the next shot, on the next action. In basketball, for example, in tennis, you focus on the next point and just try not to, you know, let your brain get wrapped up in other things and other thoughts. You want to you stay in the moment. You want to fight for the next point until it's over, until the buzzer sounds and hoops, and, and hopefully uh, it's, it's enough to win the game. You, you were talking, we were talking about Tommy Ha. I think Tommy's, he's 1978 too. I think, I think he's like... Exactly the same age as you. Yeah, but, that's uh, what I meant. Yeah, I knew. Uh, we, I think he played in, in a Bavarian championship before one time where I was at. So I've, I've known him since, uh, I don't know, maybe since I'm like 13. So, yeah, we're, we're exactly the same age. And I actually invited him as well, but I think he's, he's busy this weekend. Uh, so it's, that's unfortunate, yeah, yeah. but I would have loved to, to see him again. I saw him a couple years ago here last when. You know, they added on the tournament this little uh, the little tournament Las Colinas out here where guys lose early in Indian Wells. Oh, they yeah, roll right. through here, and then they go to, yeah, down exactly. to Miami. Right, 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 right. So he, one year he came through here and played, and he actually made the final, and then he had to pull out because uh, his shoulder was hurting. But uh, I, I was able to see him and watch him play. And I saw Zverev, Alex Zverev play there, I think, two or three years ago. So... It's a neat little tournament for, for us because, you know, uh, I can go out there. I'm out there in like 20 minutes and some decent players show up there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Chilich played a couple of years ago. So it's, uh, it's a fun little tournament and uh, for me to catch up with, with some of my tennis guys. You know, I'm, I'm close to Benny Becker. I'm close to Pechner, uh, who's got some injury problems now. But uh, it's, uh, those, those are my boys and those are, those are the older guys that I'm close to. You, you, know who, uh, you know why Becker lost at the U.S. Open? 
you know, Steiny coached him into losing. But, you know, Steiny is my guy. I've known Steiny since I got here. Steiny was uh, the beat writer for the Dallas Morning News when I first got here in 98, 99. So that's when I met him first. And obviously he loved tennis. He loved soccer. So we had... We had things in common, and now you know we we basically go go way way back. And uh, and when I saw that he's coaching, I'm, I wasn't quite sure what uh, what Benny Becker was thinking there. But you know, <laughs> tough draw, tough draw to get Nishikori, who's, who's been been playing great and also played great in the U.S. Open. So that's that's a tough tough draw in the first round. Um, but you know him and then Dudi Sela is his boy yeah, that exactly. he follows around for years, and he had a tough out in the first round. So. Steiny was uh, Steiny was heartbroken after that. The uh, but the, but these guys in tennis that are playing. I mean, Tommy. I don't know if he's gonna make a comeback, but he's not retired. And Fed, you know, Federer's thirty five, and Serena's almost thirty five. Um, you know, and I I think in the in the NBA too. Um, you know, guys like yourself are playing into their late thirties. And in tennis, it becomes for those guys, it's all about the majors. Yeah. When when you get to your late thirties in the NBA. Is it all about a title, or, or can you just sort of enjoy the competition and enjoy the camaraderie of the locker room? Is it? I mean, what, what's sort of the motivation at this point in the game? Uh, I still, I still love to compete. Uh, you know, showing these young guys. You know, some of these guys are like eighteen, nineteen. They could be, could be my sons, but it's still, it's still fun to go up and and and, and show and hopefully win with the team or help the team win. Uh, you know, I still love the, that part of, of uh, the competing and the winning that, that drives me. And, but, you know, you also enjoy over the years the, the camaraderies, the, the, the bus rides, you know, because you know just eventually that that'll all be gone. And I think that's something I'm going to miss every day, the locker room, the talking trash every day, the practices. And, and uh, that's, that's something I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to miss. So it's, it's a little bit of everything that still drives me. And Showing the young guys you can still do it, and, uh, and you know, just uh, it's still fun to compete. I think that's that's number one. All right, let me, let me ask you five speed round questions. Someone said we have to do speed round here. So okay. What, what, what what's the most German thing about you these days? Oh man, my work ethic. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's good. Well, uh, what do you wish someone had told you at the beginning about being an NBA player? Um, I don't know, maybe listen and, and learn from, from the veterans that are around you. Sometimes I think you think you know some stuff and you figure them out, but you know, there are so many great veterans you can still watch and learn. And uh, Yeah, I wish I would have, would have taken a little more stuff from, uh, from the older guys when I was young. Most important rule you live by? Important rule? Uh, I don't know, try to be a good husband, good dad, and uh, enjoy life. You you go out like go out like Kobe or go out like Duncan. You know I I love the way Kobe went out. I mean who who doesn't go out with a sixty point game? I mean that's so that's so Kobe like <laughs> and the whole the whole arena standing up the whole fourth quarter. So so much fun to watch. But I'm more like a Duncan guy. I think I've uh, been. I'm more a quiet guy. I don't need the limelight as, as much. I don't thrive in it as much. So, you know, maybe not quite the just email, hey, by the way, Tim Duncan is retiring. I right. think that was a little, little <laughs> low profile. Uh, maybe there's somewhere in, in, uh, a medium, you know, where I, where I don't have to announce it, but maybe there's a little press conference or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to think about it because I know it's going to come up 
soon anyway, so I'm just going to enjoy the last couple of years, and when it comes, it comes. But I'm hoping there will be a happy medium I can take. So, so I also I want to ask you about coaching, because I, okay. I, I know, because well, I mean, Hol- Holker's obviously still been so important to you for this yeah. whole ride. Does that, does that make you think about coaching? You know, I, I will never be a team coach. I already found that out. It's just it's not my thing. You know, the the motivating guys, the the, the, the different plays, the de- defensive systems on both sides of the ball. It's just that doesn't interest me much. But what Holger did with me, I think I could do that. Something something individual based development, uh, teaching younger guys how to shoot and how to move and uh, how to. If, the footwork works and um, I think that's something that would interest me but I think once it's done I don't know I did like 19 20 years in the NBA however long it's going to ride it out here and I'm going to think I'm going to need a little break I'm going to need to get away from the sport Uh, I'm going to need to travel a little bit with my family enjoy the kids and then maybe maybe after that a few years then we can see what what I can do I'll definitely stay around the sport cuz i mean it's it's been it's been it's given me so much over my career so i definitely want to stay involved somehow but uh where and when and all that is is open but uh, i'm uh, i'm going to need a little break once uh, once i'm all said and done you you've got to get to the australian open put that put that on your list you know i've when when we lost in my mvp year in 2007 uh i was obviously we lost in the first round. I was embarrassed. I was like, let me go somewhere where nobody knows me. So I did six weeks Australia, like sort of backpacking, oh, nice. went to the outback. Australia was one of, is one of my favorite countries, and uh, I had a blast. So I always said, bucket list thing is Australian Open. So as soon as my career is over, I'm, uh, we're probably going to do uh, the Australian Open. You know, my, my wife's a huge tennis fan as well. She's played in Sweden growing up all her life. So we actually hit uh, in the summer all the time, and she's actually really good. Um, but So we are, we're for sure going to do the Aussie Open. I can't wait for that. You won't be – you know, Larry Fitzgerald went last year. Phil Jackson's gone, and, they, and they're completely unrecognized. So you can not, – not only can you go, but you can go and not worry about selfies and autographs. It'll, it'll... Yeah, no, it was, that was awesome for me back then too because uh, I just had won the NBA MVP, regular season MVP, and I'm moving through Sydney like I'm, like I'm nobody, like I'm just some tall German. It was, uh, it was great. And then when you get to some touristy spots, obviously, then, uh, then you got recognized a little bit, but – that was uh, that was a nice little getaway for me, and um, was the open. I was always a huge fan, so I, I want to go for sure. All right, finally, I, I got to tell you the story real quick. That uh, one one of the first stories I ever had to do for Sports Illustrated. Oh, go to Dallas. There's this you know, rookie. You got to see this kid play. It's unbelievable. You know, it's funny actually. Uh, somebody printed it out this morning for me. My guy, uh, the oh, RPR really? oh, guy no. that works for the for really? the Mavericks, uh, he printed it out for me and. Uh, he gave it to me, but I haven't had the chance to read it all. But uh, it was, uh, it was, it was some um, funny memories in there. It was there. you. It was Nash. Nash was, uh, you know, Nelly was in a pissed off mood. It was right before Y two K. I think the very first question I said to you, I said in German, sh- sh- should we should we call each other Do or Z? And, and it didn't, it, it, that one didn't quite work. And uh, no, it your, didn't. Your, your you mom, know, back then I was a little different with the media. I was, <laughs> I was always worried about saying the wrong thing. Obviously, there was a little language barrier. So if I was a little standoffish uh, 20 years ago, it's 
it's not because that I didn't yeah, like you. On, it was I'm more kidding. I was I was a little worried with the media and I wasn't really myself. But now I'm uh, I'm way more relaxed yeah. and uh, I'm trying to enjoy interviews and have fun. And but back then I was I was probably a little stiff. I'm sorry about that. You're, no, come on. I'm, I'm uh, you're. I, I have to tell you though, you're. I called your mother. Yeah, actually, I thought a quote in there. It, she was, it was like she half German, half English. Yeah, exactly. So oh, uh, funny. Tell tell your mother about 17 years later. Feel dunk. She she was <laughs> she, she, bailed, she bailed me out. I will do. I will do. Um, all right. The event is it's this Sunday. Sunday Sunday uh, the 18th. This Sunday. Yep. Go easy on Roddick. And, uh, I will. I will. He's. Uh, he already said he's. Uh, he's a little older, so it's. it's but and, you know, it's. It's doubles. It, it should be a blast for for everybody involved. And we might do a little challenge at the end. You know, who can return erotic or isn't serve? They get some uh, some presents or something. So, hopefully, the right. whole thing is. Uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully, the weather's going to hold up, and um, uh, we're we're fired up. This, this beats the hell hell out of a paintball benefit. I'm glad you're doing this. For sure. This, this was fun. We got, we got to talk tennis more often. The NBA okay. can wait. This is better. Anytime. All right, that's this week's podcast. Thanks to Dirk Nowitzki. Man, what a nice guy. What a serious tennis fan, too. Um, I think there's a tennis channel job as an analyst in his future when, uh, when he's done with basketball. Still has good years left in him, though. Man, that jump shot. Um, all right, that does it for this week's podcast. That was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, Dirk's Pro Celebrity Classic is going on in Dallas on Sunday this weekend. Uh, we will have links on the site for where you can buy tickets and uh, make contributions if you're so inclined. Again, Andy Roddick, John Isner, Ben Stiller are among the guests that are going to be there. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Um, Again, we've got some audio from Stan Wawrinka post his U.S. Open triumph, so we will uh, probably roll that in. And we may just have another guest named Martina N., if that gives away. That's too obvious. We'll call her M. Navratilova, just to make things a little uh, cloudier. Uh, but we hope, to have, we hope to have a guest next week as well, in addition to Stan Wawrinka. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the week. We'll be back in seven days. I'm John Wertheim. Jamie Lasanti is out getting a well-deserved vacation. Alex Abnos is our producer this week. We thank him for his time. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Talk to you in seven days.